Hey, this is Dina. Hope you're enjoying the Thrive College podcast. This episode is a little bit different than our normal podcast format. So typically we have a couple of our students sit and ask the experts question, but this one was an impromptu recording that I got to jump in on. We were interviewing Mike Foster, who is such an awesome um, speaker in the area of mental health and wellness. And in the middle of the podcast that he was recording, they actually just invited me to jump on and have an impromptu, I'm going to call it therapy session. So you'll get to hear a little bit about my story and be exposed to the type of communicators and leaders that we get to experience around Bayside and Thrive College. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's a little bit different, but I think it'll be pretty fun. Most people settle because they don't know how to maximize the potential that God has given them. Welcome to the Thrive College podcast, where we help young leaders navigate the challenges and opportunities of their future and faith. Each episode, we'll be giving the mic to young leaders to ask tough questions to some of the world's most influential voices. We're excited you're here with us today. Let's dive in. So my mission and my, like kind of my reason, I believe, for my work, my writing, speaking, is to blow up environments of denial. And... In a, in a really hopefully safe and loving way, bring people from this place of denial into this place of truth, because that's where we can really thrive and live and have fun. But as long as we're kind of stuck in denial or lies or pretending or um, telling ourselves stories that just simply aren't true, we're, 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 we're limiting our lives. Why are we doing that? Especially leaders. Mm -hmm. what, what, what's the, what's the, the main reason behind staying in a place we know we shouldn't, but yet we never cross over. Um, we're scared. Yeah, it's just fundamental to, you know, human beings are wired for survival. They're wired for um, tribalism and belonging, and so anytime if we start to sort of step out into real truth and real honesty and say, you know, talk about what our needs are, talk about things that are important to us. A lot of us feel that if we do that, we stop playing the game, that we will be unwelcomed, we will be judged, and we will be criticized. And so we just, it's easier to live in the environment of denial than to um, press into truth. So you've been doing this a while. <laughs> Coaching, yes. counseling, helping people move into truth. Mm -hmm. More recently, it feels like Everybody is now getting into the space of mental health. You know, they're, they're, there's, I don't know if it's because there's so much talk about it. Do you find that more leaders are open to navigating some of these areas that 25, 30, 50 years ago, mm -hmm. nobody was even talking about it? Yes. There, there weren't coaches like Mike Foster right. who had an opportunity to lean into this. Well, I think the, the fact that we're talking about it uh, says that we're we're in a place where the evidence and the truth is so powerful that we can no longer stay in denial. And so that's to me that's a positive thing because I don't care actually how we get there. Right. I'd rather us get, get there quicker and faster and just kind of boldly go for it. But I, I'm glad when we get there because there's a reality of pain and hurt, anxiety, depression that people are uh, quietly struggling with in our churches that it's time to talk about it. It's been, it was time to talk about it years ago, but let's catch up. Let's start 
you know, having the conversations and, and talking about these really important issues. Assigned to a, a guy just before we started uh, filming this, and he was just talking about he's working with youth and young people, and you know the the spikes in suicide, the spikes in depression, the spikes in self harm, the spikes in anxiety. Those are simply a reaction to the environment that we are living in. Hmm. And so none of this should be a surprise. None of this should be like, what? Because fundamentally with, with so many social dynamics, economic dynamics, uh, COVID-19, social media, we have all, a lot of environmental factors that say, you should be anxious, you should be depressed. And so I think the church has a really uh, important role to say, okay, what's the way forward when we experience these things because of the environments that we live in? Talk to that senior pastor. I want to get to another leader here in a second, but talk to a senior pastor about what they should do. What steps should they take? One or two steps in, yeah. in regards to, to helping, you know, be on the team to solve and deal with these kind of issues. Yeah, I think, you know, first thing I would say is let yourself off the hook for having all the answers. These are complex macro uh, problems. And so, one individual or one senior pastor shouldn't feel the pressure or the burden to solve it. The, the, what they should feel is an opportunity to play a part of the ongoing dialogue that's happening and play their part. And the best place that they can play their part is to actually talk about their own mental health, their own pain, their own suffering, their own experiences with anxiety, depression, stress, whatever it might be and begin there with our stories because our story is so powerful and so helpful and our stories liberate those who are listening to us to actually share theirs and begin to talk about it and that's a good thing what about a ceo same step or is it is it different for you know somebody who's running a company yeah i think i think it would be a little bit different you know i work both in the church world and in corporate you're, america you're adjacent you're, you're... <laughs> You're, yes, faith, you're faith adjacent. friendly. You're I'm church adjacent. Yeah. yeah, so I have, I have clients um, who don't, don't approach these things from a, a faith perspective. They, see, they do see the need, uh, and great leaders will address these issues. I, I, I totally believe that uh, understanding uh, people's emotional needs, their struggles, their challenges, and for a leader to be able to speak into that in a positive way and create, create company culture that supports whatever those needs might be, you're gonna create really passionate employees, you're gonna create great work cultures. And so a CEO, and, and I do this a lot, I, I'm actually on retainer, part of teams in corporate America, where this is an initiative that they're talking about, I'm providing the mental health support for these organizations. And they don't do it because they're just great guys or gals, they do it because they know that to unlock performance in people, yeah. they have to address these things. Yeah, well, and, and th that's the thing, like so many of us, we, we look at this issue, mental health, dealing with pain, finding truth, authenticity, self-awareness, and we think, I'll just figure it out. That's what that the average leader might say to their mm -hmm. team, oh, that's the soft side, so just figure it out. Right. Compared to, no, we actually need to have experts Mm -hmm. who come alongside, just like anybody who would in terms of coaching them. You know, you think of athletes, right? Totally. They've got swing coaches in the golf world. Absolutely. They, you know, baseball players have mental coaches. And so 
and the stigma a, is is always like the question mark that I go, what, wait, why? Why? Yeah, yes. why the stigma? Because it, it, I, I would put in the exact same category that you're playing, like a, a swing coach or uh, a hitting coach for baseball. It's you do this because there's an opportunity to uh, unlock the giftedness and the strengths and the joy within people, which then benefits your organization, your team, right. that the family that that person's in. And so, like, here, here's something funny. So I, I do two hours of therapy myself, like for me, where I pay somebody to listen to me. And I've been doing this for, for many years. I'm also in a 12-step group. And this is the work that I do. And I, about six months ago, I just told my therapist, I said, I'm gonna start paying you more. Hmm. And it was a purely business move for me because I could tie and correlate the work that I was doing with her to, the, to my bottom line wow. in, my, in my business, okay? And so it's like, well, if, if you're helping me do this, I should actually uh, share some of the, uh, the, win, the financial wins there. And so we can have a lot of different reasons for starting the conversation, but fundamentally it's like, especially pastors, we should want the best for people. Yes. We, would want, we should want to see people thrive. And so like the stigma, the label, the, the cue, the, 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 the sad funeral music, whenever we start talking about mental health, does everybody a disservice. It's like, come on, the game's right here. Let's, right. let's work on our swing Yes. so the team can win. Yeah, yeah. But you got this new book out, which is really powerful. Seven primal questions. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we can hit all seven. No, we, we don't have But the, you, you know, <laughs> full disclosure, you walked me through it uh, recently, and it was so helpful to to navigate even what is the question that is my primal question. Mm -hmm. So just give a give an overview, and as much as you want to dive into any pieces of it, especially you know people listening to this or watching this, you know the practical side of what's the value they can take away from it. But we want them to all read it first. Yes, yeah, it's a really easy read, and I think it's. Uh, uh, will shine a 50,000 watt light on the thing that is driving you in your life and your choices. And so I've done um, about four years of research on attachment theory and trauma and uh, what makes uh, people great at what they do. Um, 6,000 hours of one-on-one -on -one interviews and basically- 6,000 6, hours of one-on-one -on -one interviews. Yes, yeah, it's, this wasn't just a like, hey, let me just kind of shoot right. from the I have an opinion. I have an idea. Yeah. Now this is actually fundamentally what I, what the way I approach my work with clients, companies, everybody is I see it all through the primal question framework. And it's basically this, in our early childhood, we were imprinted with a question, uh, a question that went unanswered by our caretakers or our parents or a question that was planted because of trauma. And then we carry that question into our adulthood and we subconsciously ask it all the time. We run, it's basically the filter of how we see our lives. And when the answer to that, our primal question is a yes, we're good, we're grounded, we're, life, life is happy, right? We're thriving. But when the answer to the primal question is no, or a maybe, we then go into what I call the scramble. And the scramble is all the, the dysfunctional things that we do um, to try to force the answer back to a yes. So people pleasing, overworking, um, perfectionism, hyper-control, hyper-vigilance, all of these sort of things that we do to, we make it a full-time job to make sure the answer to our primal question is a yes. And so there's seven questions, which really represent 
the seven highest emotional needs that we have. And there's one of those questions, everybody has that a unique question of those seven that drives their entire life. Should we practice on, on Dina? Let's do it. Yeah, come on. We gotta practice. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do this. I'm trying to figure out what my primal question is. Get in here. Okay. Like, get this in here. This let's, is let's this is practice. what we're here for. Let's oh, we practice. Got a chair. Okay. Do we need a chair? Yeah, yeah. We gotta yeah. practice. We're gonna have a. Have y'all have y'all y'all met? I don't think so. Hi, Hi Mike. I'm Dina. Hi, Dina. Dina runs everything. Oh. Yeah, pretty right. much. She runs the world. So. Who runs? Now, Mike walked me through this recently, so yeah. I already know my primal question. Yeah. But okay. now we're gonna experiment on Dina. Yeah. Okay. So what I, what I'm gonna do is like when we're doing this. We just kind of look at three key areas of what makes Dina tick, okay? And so we're gonna look at your triggers, kind of things that emotionally activate you, yeah. uh, make you upset, make you angry. Um, these would, this would be your primal question being answered with a no, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Somebody say no. Um, and then we're gonna look at really your, your one message to the world mm -hmm. that you'd want people to know, like every relationship you go on. I just want you to know this mm -hmm. and then if we need to, we'll look a little bit at your family of origin, kind of the environment that you grew up in, what was some of the messaging there. So first of all, what makes you so angry? And like, how do I, how do I like shake your snow globe? What, do I, what am I doing? Yeah. And think of this in terms of relationship. Yeah. I think whenever people are treated poorly, mm -hmm. and so like if I have my two kids and one of them is treated poorly, or I feel, especially if I feel like I have treated them poorly, mm -hmm. Um, that will just make me incredibly angry. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I feel like a like a standard or an agreement has been violated, that would be another big uh -huh. one. Like what kind of agreements? Agreements of how we treat each other? Agreements of... I think so, or like I, I said we were going to do this and then mm. we decided not to do that. Okay. So like we failed to do what we said we would do. So people who break their promises. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. why, why is that, when somebody breaks their promise with you, why, did, why, what's underneath that? What's that communicating to you? I think a lack of value. Yeah. I think it's just a particularly powerful way of saying to someone, like, I, I choose myself over I choose you. Okay, good. Um, how about, uh, just a quick question on this. Does it, do you get upset, are you married? Mm -hmm. um, what are your biggest fights with your husband? Like, what is your husband doing that really just like sets you off? Yeah, like, hopefully he's watching. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention, husband. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like we were saying last night, Shane. Yeah. Um, Shane, pay attention. Uh, we have, like, our most powerful fights are when I feel like, uh, like, our most, this causes the most conflict between us, when I feel like I can't fully express myself. Oh. So he's super rational. I'm yes. more like a theater background. And so mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm just bringing a problem and then there's like a, hey, I need you to lower your emotion in order yeah. for us to have a good conversation. When I feel like I can't bring my full self. Those mm -hmm. tend to be our most. Yes. Ooh. Good. Okay. Uh, does do you get irritated when he talks over you, like with his opinion and doesn't listen to you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a trigger for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. All right. Let's go on to. I'll say he doesn't do it often. I know Shane. You're a great watching. guy. Great husband. Uh, Best husband ever. Um, but this is gonna help you, Shane, if you pay attention. All right. I'll send so, him a copy. Yeah. Uh, number two, let's go. So we look at kind of the triggers. Yeah. The triggers are around value, when you're not seen, mm -hmm. um, when people break promises because it feels like they're just, again, a devaluing of you. Like mm -hmm. they don't really care, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
question two, what is the message that you want everybody to know about me? Like if you had, could just say one thing to me or one thing to Brad or one thing to your kids, like what was that thing that you would just want them to really understand about who they are? About who they are? Mm -hmm. um, I would say I care very much that they know who God is. And so if I'm speaking about who they are, I would say that you are someone that God loves tremendously and deeply and he's passionate about you and he will always be there for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is too easy right now. I like we don't even need it. I, I'm I just feel like every time question. I answer yeah. like a yeah. Yeah. You, you are um, so let me ask you so are you okay talking a little bit about your family and yeah. growing up? Okay. So um, talk to me about what maybe got missed in your childhood in terms of the communication that your parents were just unclear about or like you just kind of as a kid because this question gets imprinted in our childhood right mm -hmm. something happening in your family do you have brothers and sisters yeah okay what what number order are you i'm the second the second of five the second of five mm -hmm. okay um so what do you think you might have been asking as a kid to your parents that they weren't quite clear on i know this is kind of yeah. vulnerable and um, so sure, whatever you want, but what do you think? See how I like already have tears in my eyes? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Calling me up here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I think I was um, I was disciplined a lot as a kid, mm -hmm. and for fair reasons, I will say. Um, but I think I was just asking, like, am I good? Mm -hmm. Like, am I am I good? Do you? I think they were always very clear about their love, but I wasn't always clear about that I was like doing good and making them proud. Mm -hmm. Was that my primal question? <laughs> I want to thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so there's two questions that are probably popping up yeah. here for me just as we're, we're talking through this. Um, and by the way, when it, when we, what's so beautiful about like doing this work with our friends and just new new friends and friends and old with our kids yeah. is that it hits such a deep place in us right there's mm -hmm. something like just fundamental and so when, when we're doing this exercise with people like there's there's usually a physiological emotional response to it yeah. because it's actually a question that we've been carrying for so long and um so thank you for your tears because it just i like i love tears i don't know because they're honest right and again it's just I appreciate you being so transparent there and vulnerable. So there's two questions that kind of pop up for me. The question of am I loved, mm -hmm. which is really around being seen, heard, and known. Yeah. Um, and then the question, that's question three, and then question six being am I good enough, which is really around value. Yeah. My guess is that mm -hmm. um, out of those two, um, it's probably question three, am I loved? And here's, mm -hmm. here's why, because um, one of the things that we do with our primal question is we put it over somebody else mm -hmm. and we attune uh, to affirming that in other people. And just knowing you for like less than 10 minutes, you, you do an amazing job at loving people, empathizing with people. You're just, mm -hmm. you ooze that out of you, right? I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if you know each other, but you, you guys get the crew like, you're such a loving person that it makes sense. And the reason why you're such a loving person is because it is your highest apex need that you want and desire. Yeah. So you assume that it's mm -hmm. what everybody else yeah. desires and wants. 
know, and then the thing you talked about your message to the world yeah. that you said to, yeah. that they're loved. Right. right. You said that language. So let me just kind of maybe confirm something here, just to we'll kind of maybe lock this in if this is um, your primal question. Again, I have no, just think about it. It's just language, it's just a framework, it's just a, mm -hmm. uh, an example of how to understand what you need most. So like with Shane, what I'd say, hey Shane, um, Dina wants to show you and, and give you clear ways to answer her primal question with a yes. Yeah. And Shane, when you do this, you're answering her primal question with a no. So stop doing those things and start doing these things, and you guys will have the most successful marriage and relationship known to man. And that's where most things like yeah. most couples fail to actually answer their spouse's primal question, which then creates the dissolution and the, the brokenness in the marriage. Yeah. But the one that I want, like your parenting, you mentioned you have kids. Yeah. Okay. My guess is your entire parenting style is informed by your primal question. Mm -hmm. of making sure that your children know that they are loved. Mm -hmm. That is all you want them to know, right? So here's how it, just some things for you to think about. Number one, you don't have to ask the question anymore. Right? Mm -hmm. You no longer need to ask the question and if somebody answers it with a no or a maybe, you don't need to go in your scramble because the, the antidote for the final question is for Dina to no longer ask the question, but live in our primal truth mm -hmm. of I am loved. Mm -hmm. Where you, you occupy in the fullness of knowing that you're deeply, deeply loved. Okay? By God, by Shane, by your kids, by friends. You don't have to grasp anymore. You don't have to like, are, do you love me? Do you love me? I need your love. I need your love. You don't have to like do that project anymore. You can just show up in the world going, I'm already overflowing which also means that you can um, fully deploy the gift of loving others mm -hmm. because it's, it's not a, a zero-sum game here. It's not like yeah. if I don't need anything from anybody anymore, yeah. so I'm already like living in this truth of I am loved, so I can just give oodles and oodles of love away to people and not, not worry about getting love back. Because there are people that are in your life that are not going to love you that are not gonna to wanna to know you or see you or care about your opinions or thoughts, and that's okay. Um, because there are people who do. Yeah. And um, can I just say one family of origin thing? Because I, I, yeah. this is really, well, I'm just doing research here. Um, did you feel like this, you mentioned good, mm -hmm. like you, you had to be good. Um, that in some ways maybe in the, the wires got crossed between if I was good, then I would be loved. If I did the right things, then I would get love. That my my parents affirmed me and were I was a, I I was lovable when I was good. Yeah. I think that's the odd thing is I think when I look back at my childhood, there were I think there was just always a clear message of love, like mm -hmm. like physical, verbal, practical affection was always given um, so I feel like that message was never absent I think somewhere along the way maybe I just crossed those wires mm -hmm. and I said to myself like there's just hard parts of me to love yes that and, and Dana what you're saying there is is exactly what happens see we're this is not not a tool to blame our parents for something or say they're bad parents or anything like that it's really just 
something got crossed on the wires. Um, uh, little Luna just got a little confused about something about love, right? Yeah. And she thought, you know, I gotta, I gotta be good. I gotta do the right. I gotta make the right choices. I gotta be the good kid, and that's how I get love. I get a lot of attention and affection, and this is the formula for me. But it's not. That's a kid. That's what I call. I write on the book kid logic. Yeah. yeah, and so the beautiful gift that we give kind of that little kid, that little girl, yeah. um, little Dina, is to, to say like, you no longer have to um, uh, get love that way. Yeah. Um, the adult, mm -hmm. Dina comes in and she says like, I, I got this. I, awesome. you're, I'm gonna, I love that little girl, love her, her, her. she's trying to help you, right? She, but you don't have to, to use her kid logic. Yeah. You didn't know you were going to get uh, a session here. I would have worn different mascara <laughs> yeah. for sure. And the, 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 what I love too is that your primal mm -hmm. question, as you said, Mike, your primal question then turns into your primal truth. Yes. And mm -hmm. that's what we, that's the goal, right? That's is goal. that you're released, you're released into the fullness of a primal truth. Yes. Even though it's something that is caused in, in some ways, I guess not dysfunctionally, but that there's there's something there that we're trying to overcome but once we get, get clear on it then we can be released yes so and, and that's primal, what's powerful about the yeah and the primal framework. gift part like what i would be you know for your life because you have you have a superpower of loving people right okay you should be looking for all the different ways where you can deploy that in, in ministry and in your family and with strangers it's like i got this really gift that Honestly, he doesn't have, and I don't have that superpower nope. because we have different primal questions. Mm -hmm. You know what my superpower is? What? Safety. Mm -hmm. My primal question is, am I safe? I'm safe for tears. Even. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I get to deploy my gift here on camera in front of you. Like, yeah. this is the weirdest place to feel safe. Right. But here we are. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's such a good way to put yeah. it. Um, yeah. But so I could be. What's like, yours, oh, Brad? No, I'm not going to tell it. You oh, no, I, I will no, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, am I successful? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Brad's primal gift, yeah. his superpower, is helping people be successful. Succeed. That's literally what you do with your life. Exactly. Uh, okay. So, and that, that's why I, I want to just encourage you, because yeah. you, it's so evident to me, yeah. even before we started talking, that is a superpower. And don't, don't hold it back. Don't, don't minimize it. Don't diminish it. Go this is so deeply needed in our world today. Mm -hmm. So let me just like give it away and not live from that question where I need something back or concerned whether somebody's gonna love me. Yeah. Or overflowing, I give it out of abundance. Out of abundance. Okay. And the more we know what on a team, right. if we know what the, the team members' primal questions are mm -hmm. and allow them to be released yeah. then into what they're gonna be, what their gift is gonna be, yeah. you know, which is clarity. It's all about clarity. clarity. The That's more right. clear we are on, mm -hmm things we're navigating, the better kind of leader we're going to be. Yeah. So kind of ask Shane, you should do this exercise. Well, the book's down below. Get the, get the book because it has all seven. Yes. But once you know Shane's, then you guys have this clarity in your marriage. Yes. That you, it's like, just work on that. Just do that and you're going to have a successful marriage. Wow. And then talk to your kids. I don't know how old your kids are, but it, what we do in our parenting is we put our question over our kids, but they might be asking a different question. Yeah, like what if I'm trying to answer Shane's question by giving him love? He's exactly. asking for safety or success. Exactly. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. 
And so that clarity allows you to attune and to be strategic about how you interact with Shane and how you interact with your kids or how you interact with your team members. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mike. So that's Thanks for being the guinea pig. Yeah, thank oh, you. Yeah. You got it. Thank you for joining us today on the Thrive College Podcast. We hope that today's episode has empowered you to navigate the challenges and the opportunities of your future and your faith. If you really enjoyed our conversation today and appreciated what we had to offer, we would love for you to write a five-star written review and share it with your friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.